to The First Glance with Jody Vance. Uh, yes, a new name for our little project here on Equity Guru. Our mission is to make markets accessible to all, to everyone, not just those who understand the intricacies of stock markets and investing, but everybody who wants to maybe scrape together a few dollars and get it on the ground floor. We are here to introduce you to companies that are at that pivotal point of breaking in or breaking out, depending on how you look at it. And we're really pleased to have Scott Burton, who is the CEO of Fans Unite with us today. Scott, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having us. Tell us a little bit, first of all, you, you're sitting in your office and you've got like the mixed zone sort of background. There's a fan sort of experience here. What are you looking out at right now in your office? Uh, so yeah, so I'm looking at uh, the uh, the BC Sports Hall of Fame windows at BC Place. So we are, yeah, we're right next to the BC Place and, and close to Rogers. So you're immersed in the fan experience. The name is Fans Unite. The stock symbol is Fans. Can you give us your elevator talks? So we understand who you are a little bit. Yeah, so we are a, um, you know, really a, a Vancouver-based uh, technology company in the sports betting uh, world, um, really online gambling. Uh, we, we recently merged uh, two companies together. Ascot Entertainment was one I founded a number of years ago, and then Fans Unite. So we're, we're publicly traded. Um, we, the Ascot side, brought in the, really, the technology back end to power any sort of online gambling you want to do, but we came at it from uh, more of an esports focus. So we were building out esports products, so betting on professional video game players and leagues. Um, Fans Unite was more of a traditional sports uh, company, so we, we merged together, so we, we can now power more sports betting. Um, we also own a, a UK sports book called McBookie, which is doing really well over there. And so the timing is really good because we're, um, we're a Vancouver-based company, but we've, we've operated globally historically, so we've never really done much in North America. Um, that's looking to change. So we've got licensed software um, you know, in Malta, and, and we're going into the UK. And uh, we've got access to Curacao licenses, but now with the change in the U.S. sports betting landscape in the last couple of years, and then the recent news about Canada, um, you know, we're now have eyes on North America. So, so I think we're really at that breakout point that you talked about. Um, you know, our companies have been around for about seven years, mostly on privately. Um, Fans and I went public in May. Uh, we merged the two in August, and and now we're sort of poised, I think, to be the one of the largest probably publicly traded gaming groups in Canada in the coming years. I have so many things that I have to unpack on that great elevator talk. Thank you. Very informative there. What changed in the United States? So in the United States, they had the repeal of PASPA, which was the Professional Amateur, Amateur Sports Protection Act. So that is what prevented sports betting to be legal in the U.S., so a couple of years ago, uh, federally, they made that change, which allowed the states to decide now if they can or want to open up sports betting. Uh, and, and it's happening quite quickly. So I think with the recent election, we're up to about 26 states that have uh, made the determination that they're going to allow online sports betting. Um, you know, you've seen a bunch of Russians. So New Jersey is one of the first to go. So it's, it's a massive opportunity. Um, you know, I think the U.S. was seen as the biggest untapped sports betting market in the world uh, legally. So, so that was the, the big change in the U.S. And then we're seeing some in Canada now as well. What, what about in Canada? Give us that. Yeah, so Canada, um, it, and it's been just the last couple of weeks. So the first piece of news that came out of Canada was 
um, trying to introduce Bill C-13, um, which is going to allow single event match betting in Canada. So that's at a, a criminal code level. So it changed the criminal code, Section 207, which prevented you from betting on a single sporting event in Canada. So uh, what that means is anybody in Canada using a government site, so we do have a government monopoly on, on betting and lotteries and gaming, uh, you had to parlay, which means you have to bet on more than one outcome. Right. So if you're betting, you know, locally here, if we're betting on the Canucks, you can't just bet on the Canucks to win. You've got to bet on the Canucks to win. You've got to also bet on the Blue Jays to win and, and at least two or more. Right. Um, really puts the advantage with the uh, the operator as opposed to the better. And I would say any any um, serious sports better in Canada was just not going to use a, a government site with that. So, no. so I think the Canadian Gaming Association estimated you know 14 billion a year is bet outside of the the regulated sites here in Canada. So this is the first step to uh, try and recapture some of that. So it's having I believe it's second reading today in the House. It'll have to go through three then to Senate. But there's a lot of um, you know, political will now, I think, to get it done quickly. Um, so, so we expect that to happen. And then Ontario has made some announcements recently in November, which um, is moving the control of betting from the OLG to the, uh, the AGCO, which is the Alcohol Gaming Commission of Ontario. And what they're looking to do, which is in the budget, is to open up Ontario to outside operators. So to actually remove that um, government monopoly and really give consumer choice and and uh, a better you know selection of, of sites and things to go on in, in Ontario. So, so that's big news for us because as a Canadian technology company, that's probably one of the few that has been regulated in jurisdictions such as we have with a technology platform for sports betting, iGaming, which is casino. Um, this now you know opens up potential market for us here in Canada. Um, so we're hoping that both of those things would happen in, in Canada in the next year, so 2021. Um, the big date everyone looks to in sports betting is the NFL season. So uh, everyone's motivated, I think, to have these changes in place to take advantage of that kicking off. So we're hopeful for that, finally. Um, haven't really had much optimism in the past when it's been talked about, but this time it looks to be uh, moving along well. So. So those are the big news in, in North America, which opens up a company like ours, um, people like The Score, uh, people like Rogers and, and such media companies here, uh, I think will want to be participating in some way with Canadian sports betting. Tying in their ticker, tying in their up-to-the-minute information into uh, being able to perhaps put a couple bucks down on that. If somebody's looking at putting a couple bucks into Fans Unite, um, Behind the scenes, the inner working, what is the company like? You talked a little bit about your partnership, but and how, you know, Ascot and Fans Unite and uh, what did you call it? McBetting? Mc... McBookie. McBookie. I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So uh, but the people behind the, I mean, you as an investor, I mean, obviously you're coming in here with eyes wide open with regard to what your uh, forte is. So if you're speaking to someone who has no idea, uh, what they should be looking for when you're thinking about investing in a company, you'd want to know who's running that company. So can you give us an idea of who you guys are? Yeah. So, so um, Darius founded the, the fans unite company a number of years back, six, seven years ago. And I, I founded ours. with Scott. So we both came at it. Um, we're both designated accountants uh, for one, but um, we both came at it from um, a passion for sports and betting. 
so we have worked very hard on the private side to build out our, our companies and, and get to the point where, where we were able to get public and get a lot of interest there. So uh, the team that we've got is uh, most of them have been with us from day one. So my, my original partner and CTO is still with us. He's based in Ireland currently. Uh, the core of our development team is here in Vancouver, as well as the executives with our, our CFO and COO. Um, been through some of the larger companies in, in Vancouver. Uh, you know, have a board of directors that's extremely strong outside of Darius and I. So we've got um, three, you know, gaming pioneers. Uh, we've got Harish out of uh, Asia, who is the pe- sorry president of uh, Asia for Paddy Power Betfair. Now Flutter Entertainment, biggest betting company in the world. Um, James Keane is on our board, who is on the founding team of Paradise Poker. So one of the biggest poker sites in the early days of online poker. Yeah. Uh, became a managing director of Sporting Bet after that sold. And then Chris Grove is probably one of the, um, the experts in the U.S. legal online betting space. So he's a partner with Islands and Crycheck Research, which does all the research on betting. So... So that's the board. Um, we have operations and corporations set up through Malta, Cypress, Curacao uh, here in Canada. Uh, we have an operational team in Malta, a small development team in Ukraine, and an operational group uh, for trading and risk management out of Eastern Europe. So, so for a company of our, our you know, the size we are, we actually have a, quite a global infrastructure and, and set up to take advantage of many gaming jurisdictions, multiple gaming licenses, servers, and, and such. So. But I think you're right, you know, people can go in and look at one, the, the amount of time we put into this company, um, the people that have chosen to surround themselves with us in terms of joining our board and investing money. And, and I think that's an important thing for any investor to look at um, is the, the history of the company, uh, who the people are that have invested, um, is their own money in the company, how long have they been at it? Because um, a lot of things come up in the, especially in the Canadian small cap markets where um, there's, I don't know if if flash and pan's the right word, but you get these things like crypto, like cannabis, like psychedelics, and, and even gambling now. Um, there's a lot of eyeballs on gambling. And so there's a lot of companies that jump in uh, at those moments, and you can tell how long they've been around and if they're just taking advantage of a moment. So if they are possibly a cannabis company a year ago, and now they're a betting company, um, you know, those are things I think you need to look at. And, and so we're happy to have anyone dive into our business um, you know, the licensing regimes we've been through, that goes through our whole shareholder base. So, you know, we've got the people involved have to be able to pass um, regulatory regimes around the world. Our tech has have, had to be audited, um, very stringent rules in tier one jurisdictions like Malta, Isle of Man. So, so we're sitting on a very valuable tech stack currently, uh, very valuable marketplace uh, with, with a lot of potential, especially with what's going to happen in North American sports betting over the next five, 10 years. And you mentioned uh, esports as well off the top. And for people who are like all in and are always in the football pool and are always in the fantasy league and always might not be aware of the magnitude and the money involved in esport, the gaming community. Yeah. I mean, we saw them come to BC Play Stadium. I think the cost to get into that event was unbelievable, but the cash payout for the winner. Also unbelievable. And you bet on them as though there are, for a lack of a better way, horses in a race. Yeah, yeah. They're just, um, I mean, they are considered professional athletes now. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned the event we had here in Vancouver. That was the, the Dota 2 International. Yes. Um, crowdfunded prize pool of over $30 million. Um, so, yeah, the winning team of five, I think, walked away from that with about $12 million. 
contracts now are, are in the millions for players. Um, so there's professional leagues set up around the world for the, the top games. So, so we were one of the early movers in the space in terms of betting. So we, um, we, we built out the first ever daily fantasy site for eSports back in 2014. Called really? Yeah. Cool. We, uh, we did that off the side. We were running a peer-to-peer -peer betting exchange for traditional sports. And, yeah. um, and, and I saw an actual a Twitch report. So twitch.tv, for people who don't know, that's the site where you go to watch most of this activity. So you'll go watch other people play video games. You'll watch streamers who, who stream themselves playing, and you'll watch the tournaments and the live events. Um, I looked at their stats back in 2014, and the amount of unique visitors per month was massive, but also the, um, the demographic is exactly what you want in gaming, gambling, an 18 to 32-year-old heavy male. Um, and it was a wave coming at us of, of the next generation who aren't watching baseball, basketball. They're watching Dota. They're watching League of Legends. So, so we wanted to test out if they would do something similar to betting because um, we know the, the fan engagement around daily fantasy and betting is, is really key to the popularity of the NFL and things. So we, we put up a fantasy site called esportspools.com. And, and in very little time, we had registered over 200,000 users in 125 countries. Wow. Yeah. Scott, those are some unbelievable numbers. Yeah. And, and with next to no spend um, yeah. for marketing. Yeah. yeah. So. You know it's popular when you don't need to market it. And then when you market it, it even grows exponentially beyond that. Now, I want to just, uh, in the interest of time here, I want to make sure that we do note the fact that um, while casinos are closed, while tracks are closed, I mean, we're COVID-19 pandemic shutdown for the majority of, of Canada anyway, and certainly the United States should be if they aren't already, and some places are stay-at-home orders if you're looking at California right now. The, your company, in terms of Fans Unite, um, the pandemic has has... I don't want to say helps you, but has really positioned you as a company to have that, those extra eyeballs, I guess. Has it not? Yeah, for sure. You know, I wouldn't, you know, we're cut, we were kind of pandemic proof. Uh, I would say part of the merge was, was out of COVID because, um, you know, the two companies merged at the time and we kind of had a different path publicly planned, but um, COVID changed that. So, so it worked out well for the way the companies came together. But, but yeah, in terms of the uh, appetite for what we're doing, is it's gone through the roof, especially because we have um, the esports side. So when sports shut down, esports was still going. Right. And the, the demand for that. So the inbound people looking for our platform was huge. But it also forced us in with McBookie, which was a traditional sports book in Scotland, so very heavy to Scottish football slash soccer and horse racing. Um, it really made them look at their casino product. It made them look at their live dealer product. It made them look at other things. And because of that, they're, they're now positioned a bit differently. And they've had their biggest October revenue month in biggest month ever in 10 years was during. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, so, okay. So the curveball there for fans United is um, have you set up your company to sort of deal with the inevitable sort of leveling out, like differentiating yourself uh, post COVID let it happen soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we have, um, so by getting additional gaming licenses that we just got, which I think gives us an advantage in Canada. Um, so having a bit more of a North American look right now, but also part of uh, Ascot, our positioning getting ready was wanting to bring traditional sports back into our platform because right. the B partners are, are asking for that as well. So, 
So I think we're well positioned for a return to hopefully normalcy around sports and everything else. But then we've also got the supplemental stuff of casino, um, esports, and and so we're we're probably I think the fullest suite of products in terms of a gaming platform. If somebody's looking to license software and get into the space. All right. Uh, once again, it is Fans Unite. Fans Unite. The symbol is fans. We're speaking with Scott Burton. How do people find out more about you? Where, where are we sending them here as they're thinking, I could invest in this? Yeah, so um, so trade on the CSE under fans, as you said. So, um, you know, all of our filings and stuff will be on the CSE site. You can come direct to fansunite.com and we link to all that as well. Um, our new site for our casino style games is up called ascotgames.com. So they can check that out. On uh, fansunite.com, they can find um, my contact details, Darius, our president, or, or investor relations. So we're happy to talk to anybody directly who has more questions about the company. Fantastic. Glad to have you on First Glance with Jody Vance. Please come back and report back, hopefully, when we can be in studio and meet face-to-face -face here in Vancouver. <laughs> Appreciate Absolutely. it, Scott. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.